just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Hi, hello, Alvita Singh, and all that good jazz. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. As always and forever, I'm Kenyatta. It's nice to see y'all are listening, and you're listening because you're listening. And with me, as always, is the Bert to my Ernie, Jack. I'm I'm good with being Bert. That's good. You know, but I don't know nothing about no rubber duckies. Right. So we'll we'll leave that alone. <laughs> I know. <sighs> I I can imagine living with Ernie full time would probably make you grumpy like Bert was, and I think he handled it fairly well. I do. I do. I consider them a dynamic duo for the ages. So right. I thought right. it was I thought it was appropriate. We are definitely a modern-day dynamic duo. Pretty much. And we're not bragging, listening friends. It is the absolute truth. True. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, as, as we're recording this, it is the Thursday after uh, July 4th, Independence Day, which, of course, was another not good sort of, I mean... The 4th of July celebrations and all of that was fun. It was great having family over for cookout. But, of course, there was another uh, sort of shooting, which has led to our topic of the day, because we've decided we couldn't hold off on that any longer. But before we get to that, we're going to WTF a bit. So, Kenyatta, what is your WTF? I'm looking forward to it. It's a little different than what we're used to, but it was still... Even though it's in the natural course of things, it was still surprising to me. And I felt some kind of way about it because, you know, notwithstanding all, all the, the instances where all of us regular folks, unfortunately, that have met untimely ends. And that's especially in the ways that have been happening lately, which, again, we'll touch on here shortly. But when it's some somebody with a certain measure of notoriety it hits you uh, in a different spot, the same, but in a little bit different spot. So I was a little mm-hmm. shocked today to find and, and hear that uh, the actor James Caan had mm-hmm. passed away. Yep, I saw that. Um, and I, it's not so much that he was outright one of my favorite actors, but he's had some of the more memorable roles mm-hmm. that I've seen in my movie watching history. And I do watch some movies. So... Yeah, I was I was I was saddened by that. I was like, huh, wow. And and I say I said inevitably because it is it is with all of us human beings that at some point or another we're going to pass on. We all hope for something long lived and pain free. And as I mentioned, unfortunately, a lot of us haven't had that option. But in this particular case, you know. I don't know why this one kind of reverberated with me today. Um, like I said, possibly because he's played a couple of roles that I, I've enjoyed very much. 
over the years, particularly in the adaptation of Stephen King's uh, Misery. But yeah, kind of, it was kind of like, wow. Because, and again, this is not minimizing, you know, all the, the tragic deaths that have happened this year, but this year has also been some kind of year for, you know, celebrities passing on. That is true. So, you know, this is this is a, another one, unfortunately. And in this particular actor, James Conney, has had a long and storied career. But like I said, one of my most favorite roles from him was, of course, in Misery and, of course, in The Godfather. Right. Yeah, you can't beat that. So that was my that was my WTF. And again, just kind of it kind of reverberates in, in a different way. You know, sometimes a celebrity, it just hits you. Yeah. Uh, whatever reason that celebrity specialty and when it happened, you're just like, uh I I totally get it. Yeah. That was that was something, but like I said again, it's just it happens. It's it's going to happen at some point or another for all of us and hopefully a lot later than sooner, but Right, right. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah I, I agree with you on that. <laughs> Hopefully later rather than sooner. Yeah, hopefully later rather than sooner. I mean, again, not not minimizing anything or or trying to diminish anything else, but yeah. yeah. Oh boy, but yeah, 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 that's that's mine for the day. I know it's a, a lot different than the one we're used to, but yeah, we're both doing a little different today. Yeah, you have. Well, um, mine is. It's slightly different. It's from uh, the local uh, news channel, uh, Channel 9. They're the CBS affiliate. And they did a story about a local woman who owns a restaurant. Um, The restaurant is named after. It's called Florence's. I actually drive past it going to work every day. And it's it's a pretty small place, a kind of blink-and-you-miss-it type, you know, building. And um, around town, though, everybody talks about how it's some of the best food you can get and apparently these people were not bsing us because she recently and this is the wtf part at age 91 won a james beard award Mm -hmm. that's like an oscar in the food world and she won that bad boy at 91 years old and to me that is incredible because most people are way retired at 91 and uh, she's still going strong, working at her restaurant every day. And uh, just sort of real quick uh, about her, she was the daughter of a sharecropper from Bowley, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which is one of the things that we discussed when we talked about all black towns in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she started her restaurant when she was 20 years old in 1952. She didn't give it a name, but everybody just called it Florence's because, well, her name's Florence. <laughs> and there, there's a part in your, uh, downtown Oklahoma City called Deep Deuce. And in the 20s, it was a, a heavy sort of African-American part of town. There were jazz bars and just all sorts of stuff that was there, churches and whatnot. And that's where she started it. And then I, they didn't say when she moved to her current location... But she said the secret of her success was that she was always mean. (laughs) And um, 
I appreciate... Okay, she moved to her current location in 1969. So she's been there a minute. Kanye West, Toby Keith, Danny Glover have all eaten there. Wait a minute, she was... She's been there as long as we've been there? Yeah. How come I've never heard of that place? I have no idea. I'm sick about this. I got to put that on my list. Yeah. When I, when I finally make it back there. She was on diners, dive-ins, and drives. <gasps> uh, it doesn't say if she's been on any other sort of cooking channel type shows, but winning a James Beard Award is impressive. Sure it is. But, you know, doing it at an age when most people have been retired for 25 years. Mm-hmm. With means. no intention of retiring anytime soon. Mm-mm. Is, is really, really, really incredible. And as they did the whole news story, it was really, um, she just seemed like such a, she may claim she's mean, but she just seemed like such a wonderful, nice person that's probably, anyone that's ever met her would consider her you know, their favorite grandma. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but yeah, I I just thought that was really cool because that's an impressive, impressive award to win. It is. It regardless is. of your age, but to do it at an age when most people are long since retired. And relaxing. Yeah. Yes. That is impressive. I like that. I mean, honestly, you would think that her grandkids would probably be running it because her children are probably at the retiring age too. <laughs> I'm pretty so. sure. I'm pretty sure it is a family affair. So yeah, she's so, got some some family in there. Even though I always drive past and I'm always like, oh, we need to stop and go and eat there. Well, now that she's been on TV, everybody's going to want to go and check it out. So now it's going to be even busier. So I got to wait even longer to go. Because <sighs> who wants to wait in line to eat, right? <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. First world problems. Indeed. We have it so, so hard here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's my WTF. WTF out of pure awesomeness of somebody else. So. Everything is awesome. Did you ever see the Lego movie? Yes, I have. You remember that song, Everything is Awesome? Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually... A- and then they did the Batman Lego movie after that as well. Did they? Not? Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah, they yeah. did. That one wasn't mm-hmm. as good. Oh, are, well. we, uh, are we ready to deep dive into the shitty world of mass shootings? We do what we must. Yes. Yes. Oh, goodness. I almost I almost don't want to, but it needs, at least there's, there's things that need to be said. They may seem like obvious things, but there's still things that need to be said. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I've, I've always been under the notion that freedom, to be corny, there's a requirement on everybody to do your part to maintain that freedom. Mm-hmm. And while I do sometimes think this country has far too many stupid-ass laws and we need to go through and get rid of just a bunch of bullshit, you still require diligence to keep your freedom. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you want to have this set of rights, everyone has to kind of do their part to ensure that we all have those set of rights. Right. And that includes responsible gun ownership. Mm-hmm. And as I stated before, when you do the Brady Bill background check, the ATF can only approve or deny you based on what's in the system. And if you have an incomplete system, people that should be denied are getting approved. Mm -hmm. 
And that's because you don't have the right things in place to prevent this from happening. This guy, the July 4th, got out once again. Everything was purchased legally. But had the place he lived in had some red flag laws, he would not have been able to have purchased those weapons. Yep. Because he would have triggered the red flag laws and he would have went into the system and he wouldn't have got them. And then, you know, at least that particular one would not have happened. Yeah, because hadn't they, I think he had had like, what, two, at least two previous encounters with law enforcement? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he had. And uh, not just him, but I mean, there have been several sort of people recently that have, you know, been doing shootings that... Uh, had red flag flag laws been in place would have stopped him in you know i'm somebody that most of my time was like no we have to you lose one amendment you lose them all but honestly a slowdown on how fast you can bring a gun home is not taking away your ability to possess or bear arms not at all if you have to wait two weeks to get whatever and there are red flag laws in place and maybe you can you know if you go 10 years without anything without setting off any other red flag laws, maybe you can get those dropped. I don't know. But it's just, we got to do something because I'm tired of seeing kids dying for my Second Amendment rights. And I'm tired of seeing people at churches dying for my Second Amendment rights. And now I'm tired of seeing people at parades. (laughs) I'm tired of seeing people die in these grotesque and unnatural ways. While politicians are concerned about shit that is their business. That's what I'm tired of. Uh, yeah. This I'm, here, I'm these mass shootings, that's literally a public health issue. Yeah. That needs to be addressed. But no, they want to mess around and spend time on, you know, protecting. That's, it's so, that's so bass backwards. How do you claim to want to protect your citizenry, but you won't do this one thing? Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, so, you know, uh, we just, something's <laughs> got to be done. And do I understand the old, uh, you know, criminals are going to get guns, you know, the way criminals do. Okay, yeah, but if we can get rid of, say, you know, 85 out of 100 things, does that, <laughs> you know, not a good thing? I mean, th- th- that argument is so lame because... People who want to do illegal things, they will make it happen. If they want to go hurt somebody with something, yeah, they're going to go find a way it happen. But you mean to tell me that's reason enough to not worry about limiting their ability to do damage? Yeah. You mean that that's a good enough argument for you you all not to even worry about it? Come on. Come on. You know, there are so many things that we have stops on or slowdowns on. But mm. why don't we have it with guns? You know, now the trope of it's easier to go buy a gun than check a book out from the library isn't necessarily true. True. But I will tell you this. I went to go try to check a book out online and it told me my library card was expired. I was like, expired? What? Who does that? So I end up at the library some weeks later and I'm like, Hey, it told me my car was expired. And all she did, all the, the, the librarian at the front desk did was verify that my address and contact information was the same and it was fine. And I'm like, you mean to, t- you mean to tell me? And I said, this is a new thing that you guys started doing. Cause I've had this car in a while and I never had to do it. She's like, no. And I'm looking at her like, you're telling me stories, but whatever. 
But now that got me, like you said that, now that's got me thinking if the library can hold you up because they got to verify some things, why can that not happen here? Why cannot with, yeah. with, with legitimate legal licensed gun owners, why can't we have a periodic check every two or three years just to make sure everything is where it's supposed to be? Why not do something like that? Why not incorporate something like that? But no, because apparently that particular that particular amendment, again, one sentence, but it's the cause of so much headache and heartache in this country. Why can't anything be done about the so-called rights therein of that one little sentence? Because, again, the way it reads is not how it's interpreted, but people don't seem to care about the specifics. Yeah. And I'm beginning to think that the Constitution and its amendments are, are sort of like the Bible. People just cherry pick and interpret it the way they want to to serve their purposes. That is true. <laughs> I, apo- I apologize, listening friends, that that sounds blasphemous. I'm not trying to be, but this is beginning to be what it sounds like. People are choosing what they want to read in these texts and then saying, well, this applies here, but this doesn't apply here. And you can't infer this from here. And this says this directly. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. But for that particular amendment, the Second Amendment, to be interpreted so loosely and that people believe that if you want again, you're, you have the right to have it. That's what y'all get from that. Come on. I'm not buying it anymore. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not. I'm not even at a sort of place where you're at. I'm just at a... Can we at least slow people down? Something. I'm not talking about getting rid of it. Right, right. No, I know. Right. I'm, no, but I'm just no. saying, yeah, if but you yeah. want to own 50 guns, own 50 guns. But maybe you should have to wait a month. Maybe you can only buy one firearm at a time. Or depending on what kind of firearm it is, and put, you, put certain types of, of restrictions on it as far as how long it takes you to get one. Right. Maybe. Maybe everything but black powder should have a, but it should have a hold on it. And I'm sorry, maybe you can only buy, maybe not one, maybe two. Maybe. But you have to wait. Not only is there a background check, but you have to wait two weeks to go and pick it up. That part. And then if you want to go and buy two more, you know, if you go and buy two guns every day for two weeks, I guess that's on you, but you're going to be waiting two weeks between picking up the gun. And I imagine if you've, Waited the first two weeks, you're probably good for every gun purchase after that. But first of all, where do you get that kind of money? Because guns are not cheap. Even No, they are not. Um, but that would just get rid of so much. Uh, a lot of these people that are doing these shootings that have bought them legally, it's a same-day purchase or a day-before purchase. Yeah. And so if you can eliminate that, it it's, it's not taking away your gun. It's not coming up to your door and saying... You know, take my gun. It's a, it's, so many people are dying. We've got to do something type of a situation. And I don't know. I just can't believe that there are people that would put the ability to purchase gun above the lives of their grandchildren. Speaking of grandchildren, mm. have you heard what Arizona Representative Debbie Lesko recently said from the floor of the House of Representatives? Do I really want to? You No, you don't, but you have to hear it. Okay. You gotta, if only I would have figured out what I have since figured out, we would be listening to the audio clip of this. Oh, um, well. We know better now. Right. So she said, uh, Representative Debbie Lesko, I have five grandchildren. 
Uh, this is from the uh, the Daily Beast, but it's a direct quote of what she said. I just went with that one because it was the top search. I have five grandchildren, the congresswoman began in last month's speech. And it's strange that it's just now going, uh, picking up steam. I would do anything, anything to protect my five grandchildren, including as a last resort. I could see you're sitting down shooting them if I had to, to protect the lives of my grandchildren, growing more angry. She then accused Democrats of trying to take away my right to protect my grandchildren and the rights of law-abiding citizens to protect their own children. She wrote on Twitter, It never ceases to amaze me the lengths gun control zealots will go. They turned my speech about protecting Second Amendment rights and my right to protect my grandchildren from violent criminals into a claim that I would harm my own grandchildren. Absolutely ridiculous. Has she gone back and listened to what she said? That's not what she meant, Jack. That's the whole point. Everybody's supposed to know better. Even though these are words that came directly out of her mouth, everyone's supposed to know better. She didn't mean that literally. But she was reading it off a paper. You know how this goes. You you know how the, the can response goes. That's not what I meant to say. How dare you take me literally? And then when you don't take people literally, how dare you not believe me? That's how it works. That's how it works in these, these cases. Yeah. We weren't supposed to, we weren't supposed to take her seriously. Well, now that you've explained it, I'm feeling much better about that statement. Because apparently the only way to emphasize how much you, how much you want to protect people is to say you would rather hurt them than let somebody else do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Okay, yeah. That's, especially, especially in the atmosphere that we're in now. When we're talking about all these shootings and you have the nerve to say something like that. Come on, sister. I don't I don't consider that protection. Yep, they're at the door. Bam! How dare they? They made me shoot my grandkid. Yeah. Here's the and this is this is sort of why I feel the more I'm thinking about this, I'm I'm feeling even more some kind of way. And I'll tell you why. One of the often mentioned back when last year, was it last year? Was it just last year? When there was the whole kerfluffle about banned books, you know, a new a new batch of banned books. That was both last year and earlier this year. One of those books happened to be Toni Morrison's Beloved. That was a this year one. Okay. Yeah, it was. That's right. Because that was one of the ones... Our governor, our now governor in Virginia, was trying to stand on. Anyway, so the basis of that story is based on a true story about an escaped slave who is caught up with by slave catchers. And rather than have her children return to slavery, kills one of them. And it is based on a true story, as a matter of fact, that uh, Toni Morrison apparently researched uh, when she started writing this particular book. The trick is in the book, though, 19 years later or so, that that child comes back, not as a ghost, but as a spirit personified. It's a very deep book if you ever have the the heart to get into it. But that's the base of that story. Something like that is is even as as disturbing as that notion is, you can kind of understand why that mother made the choice that she did except for the right. fact that i'm sure she lived with that for the rest of her life but to have 
someone like this woman here talk about to protect them, I would shoot them. I don't know that these these two women have the same the same heart. I don't think they're coming from the same place when they're talking about protecting their own. I don't. Right. No, right. no, that was a bunch of theatrics on her part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I no, just just no. <laughs> this is one of the things that kills me with the severest sort of two A thing, and it's all. What's the greatest country in the world? The United America. States. Which America. country do you love more than any other country in the world? America. Would you do anything for your country? Yes. Why do you own so many guns? In case the government comes after me. But they're the greatest plan. What's the greatest country ever? Yeah, but the government sucks. But, but the government allows you to have these things. Right. But exactly. So, so it's like, well, it just in case. Well, which is it? It's either the greatest country or it's a country that's always on the brink of somebody coming over to, I don't know, do whatever they're going to do to you. But honestly, <laughs> it doesn't matter how many guns you have. You can only shoot so many at a time. Pretty much. Because none of us here are Rambo, don't believe the movies or any of the hype. You are not those people. You are yeah. not going to be walking around with semi-automatics on each arm. And, you know, a belt full of little bitty handguns and some some grenades strapped to your back. You're not that person. You're not. Yeah, Nobody is. I'm sorry. Because even if you look out the window and you see a bunch of armored cars and cops coming out and you think they're coming to take my guns and you run and you get whatever you're going to get. Yeah, you may shoot out there, but they're going to outgun you. Pretty much. And eventually they will they will win. Once again, you can only shoot so many at a time. But the truth of the matter is, if they're coming to get you to take your guns, they will do it at a time where you will not put up any type of fight. And that's generally they wake your ass up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. That's when they serve a lot of warrants. A lot of warrants, when they're coming to arrest people for various things, they're not doing it at 6 o'clock in the evening. They're doing that at 5.30 in the morning, at 4.30 in the morning, because you're groggy, you're tired, you're not going to put up a fight. Well, let me rephrase. They do do that. More so probably <laughs> if, you're, you know, if you're white, because they don't care about shooting other people. But um, My point is that if, if they were coming to take guns and they knew that somebody had a stockpile of weapons, they would do it at a time. Where the other person is going to be least likely to put up any sort of, you know, fight. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 4.30 in the morning, someone's generally speaking not going to put up much of a fight. Mm -hmm. Like, so. I always found it impressive, and I'll give you an example. You see Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah. <laughs> so the scene where the, each of them find out that the other is a super-duper spy... And then you find out they both had their secret weapon stashes. Like, I thought that was a, the coolest thing ever. Like, her weapon stash was in the kitchen that she never cooked in. And his was in a shed that had, you know, uh, hardware and stuff that he never used. And I'm like, that's so cool. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how many people believe that they need to have things like this. Like, stashes of weapons. Like, these two people were spies. Yeah. You know, there was a necessity for them to have theirs, you know, in this whole absolutely improbable fictional story. Entertaining nonetheless, but I'm wondering how many people think 
that that's like that's like the height of power to have a weapon stash not just firearms but like melee weapons and right <laughs> the ability to, to make molotov cocktails at a at a at a, a fast rate and in homemade shrapnel bombs and crap like that like what are you what what are you Mm, Because I know there's, I don't know what they call those people that that get ready. They're convinced that the end of the world is coming. Preppers. Yes. Like, I can imagine them having something like that. But I don't know that how much of what they're doing is based off of real things, quote, or things that they just think are coming down the line. I don't know. They may not be too far off nowadays. But I'm just curious. How many people actually think that weapon stashes are a thing to have? Yeah. <clears throat> I see those pictures of, of, you know, these wholesome waspy families and mom and dad and three, four kids. And everybody's got a semi-automatic something in the picture. Like, okay, Merry Christmas. What is this? What are you yeah. trying to say? <laughs> Yeah, nothing says I love Jesus quite like your family Christmas picture with everybody holding up four AR-15s in front of the Christmas tree. Right, and Dad has a big Santa hat on. They're just like, okay, guys, okay. Um, yeah, peace on Earth. Mm. You know, if you if you have some, some weapons that are named, you know, frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh. I bet you somebody does. I bet you somebody does. Someone's breaking in and he's all, I got some frankincense and myrrh for you, bitch. (laughs) And I'm not a wise man either. (laughs) You were unwise to break into this house. That really sounds like a bad action movie. (laughs) Doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, all jokes aside, but I... I, I, I don't get it that this part I do not quite get. I guess I guess it's another one of those things people equate to having power is yeah. how well, at least aesthetically, how well you can defend you and yours. Right. Maybe that's that's a part yeah. of it. Because y'all, I guarantee you, if for some reason, for some weird freak accident, let's say like a la... Independence Day, all the country's military bases got destroyed and within minutes of each other. And ordinary citizens had to once again form a citizen's militia. 90% of the people that have guns would not be ready to do this. Well, yeah. We're also freaking out of shape in this country. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And, you know, it's sort of another funny thing sort of that ties in what we were talking about earlier. All of the people that are, well, I have to have all the stockpile in case the government becomes tyrannical and they come to, you know, take over and yada, 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 are also the same people that want all of their local law enforcement to have used military equipment, you know, the MRAPs and all of that stuff, and have the, you know, thin blue line flags. And it's like, you are aware that if the tyranny that you're prepping for goes bad. You have been all for arming them with the type of equipment that has just deemed your arsenal ineffective. Basically. It, you do understand law enforcement is a arm of the government. Yeah. Um, that's who's going to be coming after you. 
are those very people that you want to have all of that military equipment and you have your thin blue line flags. Which, by the way, doesn't really mean shit to them because on January 6th they were beating the shit out of law enforcement with flagpoles that had thin blue line flags on them. But, you know, that doesn't mean anything. I think, just to come back a little bit, though, as, as far as trying to have some reasonable gun control laws that at least slows slows the rate of these mass shootings down. He also had to consider, especially in the case in Uvalde, that a lot of what went wrong was just plain old fucked up human error. Yeah. Like so many people dropped the ball there. So many people. I heard the other day that apparently... I don't know who was another police officer. I'm not. He was with law enforcement. I don't know what arm, what branch, or what agency he's with. But he got to the school apparently just as the gunman went in the back door, and he saw the guy armed, but he didn't approach and he didn't engage him because he didn't have authorization to, or some such gibberish. Yeah, like you were armed yourself, and you see somebody going into a school with a firearm, but you're gonna wait for authorization. Come on. Yeah. Like that, that whole incident, that right there could have been avoided in so many instances. There were so many instances where that could have been stopped or at least minimized. And, and it wasn't, it which is a whole yeah. big, a whole big cluster of people not knowing who's doing what and who's talking to whom and can we go in and do this and should we go mm-hmm. in and do this? Meanwhile, there are children dying mm-hmm. and you guys are cowards. Yep. And. You know, I I get the the only way to stop a bad guy with the gun is a good guy with the gun. I get that. That is true to a certain point. I also get and understand when you need the cops in seconds, they're always minutes away. I also get that. Yes. Um, but more often than not, the good guy with the gun, and when people say that, they mean non-law enforcement folks. But even the good guy with the gun, when they're law enforcement in Vidaldi showed, they're not going to do anything. Nope. Very rarely does the good guy with the gun stop something. Maybe maybe three times out of a hundred. From I don't, whatever. It it did happen here in Oklahoma City about six years ago. There was somebody that went into a restaurant to shoot people. And he started shooting and he was going back to his car. And there were two people that were going into the restaurant. Two separate guys heard the shooting. They went back to their cars because the restaurant had a no gun policy. And they were respecting that. And they both went back to their car and they got their firearm. And as the guy was running, escaping, he had the gun. They could tell it was him. Both of the guys, independently of each other, but within like five seconds of each other, shot the guy and they stopped it from getting worse. Hmm. But how often do you hear stories like on that half of it? Exactly. You you don't because it doesn't happen as often as people. Again, reality versus your favorite action movie fiction. It doesn't happen nearly as often. Or goes off as successfully as people think it does. Right. So again, it's one of those, I have some power. And I actually saw somebody not too long after uh, Uvalde, you know, post up in Facebook saying, you know, they were a gun owner. And I'd rather be a gun owner and have it if something goes down than to not have it. And I'm thinking to myself, your opinion is your opinion. But at the same time, do you really think there's going to be an instance that you'll be able to defend somebody and that it will go well. I hope you're never in an instance like that. Yeah. Frankly. And honestly, as I say, open carry people, you just 
you don't know when the person's coming in with the gun. And if you're open carrying, you just said, shoot me first. Yeah, basically, you did. Mm-hmm. You know, why did that thing in Oklahoma City works? Because it was two people that were not in the place where the shooting took place, but they heard it. So they were able to get and then go back, right? They had the element of surprise. Yeah. M- most likely. They, they out-surprised were un- they the surprise. <laughs> exactly. They they were an unexpected factor. Yeah. But so. that that's more rare. And take this uh, shooting on July 4th. That guy was up on the top of the building sniping people. Right. So if there were people with, you know, weapons there that went back to shoot, it's a sniper. Who are they going to shoot at? Right? Because the whole point of a sniper is no one can really see where you're shooting from. Right? Exactly. So if the, say there's three different guys or humans that have firearms. Oh, God, we got to start shooting because it's a sniper. Well, what if they look over and they see guy B? Holy crap, that's the shooter. So guy A shoots guy B. Guy C sees guy A shoot guy B, and he's like, holy shit, that's the shooter. And then he shoots guy A. And so now guy A and B are both shot, and guy C's sitting there, and he just shot two innocent people. That is also the plot of a drama slash action movie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a, that's a interest, that's an extreme scenario. But yes, I can, I can see that happening. People in the chaos, the inevitable chaos that would happen when someone starts firing. I can see that happening. Yeah. If someone mistakes someone who's on their side for the antagonist, and then everything goes to shit. And then the yeah. guy who actually was doing the shooting takes off. Yeah. And conservative pundit folks and Alex Jones and all of you people, he did not do the shooting because he was a transgendered crossdresser. Yes, as he was leaving, he was dressed as a woman. But that's because he was trying to escape undetected, so he was in what is commonly referred to as a disguise. <gasps> Just like they try to say the shooter down in Texas was right. trans. Yeah. Like, and that's, now that we've brought that up, that's another bone for me to pick. How can the conservative bent wants to equate these, these sickos with yeah. the LGBT community? Stop that. And quite honestly, conservatives, as shittily as you treat transgendered people, you're actually lucky that you haven't pissed more of them off <laughs> in the way that you claim they're doing what they're doing. Exactly. Like, but, come on. They're already the victims of more violence on right. average than someone who's, you know, cisgender already. But now you yeah. have to tag this and, and make the, they make the implicit, um, assumption. Or make the link between homicidal tendencies and, and being a part of the LGBT community. Come on. What are we even doing here? I know. I know. And what? there's this take by alumnus of the show, Tucky C. Oh, Good old Tucky, Tucky C. Mm. I'm going to play a few minutes of our boy, Tucky C. Look at Robert Bobby Cremo. Would you sell a gun to that guy? Does he seem like a nutcase? Of course he does. So why didn't anyone raise an alarm? Well, maybe because he didn't stand out. Maybe because there are a lot of young men in America who suddenly look and act a lot like this guy. It's not an attack. It's just true. Like Cremo, they inhabit a solitary fantasy world of social media, porn, and video games. They're high on government-endorsed weed. Smoke some more. It's good for you. They're numbed by the endless psychotropic drugs that are handed out in every school in the country by crackpots posing as counselors. <gasps> and of course, they're angry. 
They know that their lives will not be better than their parents. They'll be worse. That's all but guaranteed. They know that. They're not that stupid. And yet the authorities in their lives, mostly women, never stops lecturing them about their so-called privilege. You're male. You're privileged. Imagine that. Try to imagine an unhealthier, unhappier life than that. So a lot of young men in America are going nuts. Are you surprised? And by the way, a shockingly large number of them have been prescribed psychotropic drugs by their doctors, SSRIs or antidepressants. And that would include quite a few mass shooters. Okay. I have thoughts. Yes. That's why I played it. I wanted to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I just can't I just can't read that with that sort of greatness. I I don't want you to read that because it's it's something it's something no it's something no halfway sane person should be even entertaining. But it, it's Tucky C we're talking about. So we'll let him do his thing. The, the levels. <laughs> so many. But I'm going to only touch on a few. <laughs> that was a, literally a minute and three seconds long. <laughs> First of all, who is feeding school kids psychotropic drugs? I what know. What are you talking about? Come on. That is clearly somebody that has never been in a public school situation because they can barely afford to fucking pay janitors. They are not giving up fucking <laughs> psychotropic drugs. Like, they're rationing Band-Aids in the school nurse's office. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They are not feeding children psychotropic drugs. Oh, my gosh. He's a lunatic. Second of all, for that man who has this very popular, albeit very dangerous, entertainment show. I will not call it a new show. I will call it an entertainment show. To that, For that man to sit there and have the irony to talk about privilege. That's the only thing that saves him, is privilege. That's the only yeah. reason he gets away with saying and doing what he does, is privilege. But he's talking about this shooter being demonized for having privilege. Is he kidding me is he freaking kidding me and now once again you have as he did before you have diverted and made assumptions about the reasons for this this shooter's motives as being under the influence mental illness again is the culprit Okay. Or, you know, yeah. What? Uh, first of all, is he aware of how much of the United States is taken, say, well, butrin and antidepressants? It is a good number. It's not like I, I would have. I would imagine that that number is probably in the United States between twenty-five and thirty-three percent of the country is probably on some form of antidepressant or another. Here's the thing. And I only know this because I discussed this with my doctor last year, is that well Wellbutrin is used for things other than handling depression. Because yeah. I discussed I discussed options to stop smoking with her and she suggested Wellbutrin. Yep. So some of those drugs are being used for other reasons. So yes, you're absolutely right. The number's probably even higher for people being treated with these drugs. For, for things that weren't their initial intended use. So, yes, 
Yeah. So, one. Two, unfortunately, there are people that are suffering from mental illnesses that have been diagnosed but choose not to be on a regimen. Yep. So, let's go ahead and leave that whole business about this shooter being on drugs that somehow altered him or some such. Let's let's stop doing that. Let's stop and, de- let's stop demonizing people with mental illness once again. And and also let's get over the fact that uh, I would say probably nine hundred and seventy five times out of one thousand, the pot smoker is not violent from at all smoking pot. At all. Because generally, you are too stoned to do anything. Pretty much. Too care about being violent. You want snacks. That's what you want. You want to be left alone, maybe. Either you want to be left alone or you want to talk to everybody you see. (laughs) And you want snacks. It's somewhere in there. If, If ever there was an example of somebody that grew up rich and has no idea about how the actual world works for the normal person, that is the statement right there. Mm-hmm. Women are not making men go and shoot people in mass shootings. Mm-mm. 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 You know. Nope. Marijuana, pers- yeah, isn't doing it. Antidepressants are doing it. The antidepressant is probably the thing that would prevent you from doing it. Most likely. I should hope, you know, that if you're on there, if you're on antidepressant, that you are on the right dosage and the, and the right kind that would help you navigate better i would hope that it's having its intended effect and you're right if you're on it and it's working for you you're probably not going to have that urge but what do we know and you know (sighs) if you're on a if you do have a legitimate mental illness i do know for a fact that there are lots of people that when they're on the medication for it what happens frequently i feel great yeah i'm cured I don't need to take my medicine anymore. And mm-hmm. they're not the part that says I'm feeling great is from the medicine. Mm-hmm. So people stop taking them and then they go back to their crazy part. And then they're like, oh, well, I need to be on the medicine. And then that I do know that is a circle. Unfortunately, it yes. occurs. Yes. But that is a separate issue entirely than people that are going and performing mass shootings. Now, are there some mass shooters that maybe do have severe mental illness? Probably. I'm not going to say that's not the case. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is that, again, as far as who commits crime as opposed to being the victims of, folks with mental illnesses are more likely to be the victims of violent crime than to be the perpetrators. Right. It's facts. Just, just like our fellow transgendered Americans. Correct. They usually are the victim not the perpetrator. And, you know, to be honest with you, most a lot of people that are in LGBTQ, especially the older you are, the older you are, the shitty as LGBTQIA+. Hey, I said it. Um, <laughs> the older you are, the more likely you were treated shitty because of that reason and no other reason. True. And when I say shitty, I mean people beating you up, calling mm-hmm. you, yelling at you, all that shit. Right. And you were you were more than likely had that done to you. Now I would say probably 
a lot of times people that are in that community under probably, I don't know, 27 haven't had the experience that someone who was 47 did. But the reason is, is because the 47-year-old took it for them, so that person isn't getting it now, if that's making sense. It does make sense. Because they trailblazed. A, true. And, and they, they came up in a time where it wasn't as accepted as it is now. Right. Even though there's still there's an awful lot of resistance, which makes zero sense. Because, again, it's one of those things that isn't anybody else's business. But, yes, in this day and age, there's a whole lot more acceptance and understanding of it. Right. And, and not that even and, and let me nix what I just said. It doesn't even require acceptance because they exist because they're human beings. So acceptance right. or not, they have every right to be here. Exactly. So I amend that. But. It's just another one of those instances where anytime any one of these tragic events happens, you have that boatload of, of conservatives that come up and say, well, they must be suffering from some absolutely extreme aberrant behavioral deviance that caused them to do this. Not necessarily all the time. It's not because they're supposedly mentally ill. And I should also add, and it just occurred to me that when they make the uh, make the illusions illusions that these these shooters are somehow involved in the trans community they're somehow implying that trans is some kind of mental issue so right. let's not let's not miss the link that they're trying to make there but for some reason they have to try to make the assumption that these shooters and committing the acts that they do are suffering so badly from something so extreme and so out of the so-called norm because they can't they can't fathom that there's an absolutely perfectly average reason for it. And I put average in quotes. Right. So Well, you know, when you're bitching about well, that shooter this is an example, obviously I don't know if this is you know, but the shooter had bipolar issues. Okay, well maybe we should put some sort of like I don't know, five-year block on somebody in, in that situation just so you can make sure that everything's good, mentally everything's all right. Well, you can't stop them from getting a gun. Uh, now, didn't you just say that this was you, the reason why? Yeah. And hmm. well, maybe, and once again, I'm not talking like a permanent ban because of this, but maybe you should have to kind of say, hey, you know what? Yes, this is the case, but I do have this issue, and if I'm not managing this properly i maybe could because you know sometimes when people do have bipolar issues this the one side when they're unmedicated people can get you know somewhat violent sometimes so but i'm not saying this like as a slight against people with bipolar or i was using that as an example obviously but it happens it's just part of humanity people have you know there's different things and when the person doesn't have it and you're claiming that they did to support your worldview, you're actually minimizing real people with real issues mm -hmm. and you're taking away from their ability to get the help they need because in a sense, you're making it into a joke. Mm -hmm. It's like people that make false rape claims, mm -hmm. people that make any type of, anytime you're making a false claim about something and then the people that support him and go on and on, you are taking away from the actual real thing that is important. And the thing of it is, is that 
like with your example about people making false rate claims, the percentage of that is relatively small. It as is as far as we know. But the fact that it happens at all overshadows those legitimate claims. Right. And like you said, it overshadows it. And now it's put everything under a cloud of suspicion. Now there's extra scrutiny over every instance yeah. where these, these, these similar types of things happen. It's just, I came to the conclusion the other day about mass shooters and I guess this is one of the another one of those signs telling me I need to go back to school to to study something having to do with people watching. But my conclusion was a lot of these mass shooters, I think, strictly my opinion, are pissed off. They're not yeah. mentally ill, they're not disturbed, they're pissed off because they believe something has been denied to them. Whether it's some power, whether it's a position in society, whether it's some economic level that they think they should be at, whether it's a promotion they think they should have had or some respect they think they've been denied or something. I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of that crap stems from them being pissed off about something they thought they deserved, but didn't get. Yes. I would say more often than not, that is, that is the reason it is not, you know, mental illness or not. Yeah. It's in this sticking. I don't know. I you just at what point do you realize if we can just slow this down, we would be doing something. <laughs> you know, at something. least slow it down. And I can't believe that we're at a point <clears throat> where slowing it down is the the option we're even looking for, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not stop mass shootings. It's we just got to slow them down. <laughs> can like can we get down to one every other every other month? Maybe. Yeah. And, something. And another thing, though, that um, <sighs> I would like to mention, because this is something that irritates me to all get out. The the people that do statistics and stats and what they count as a school shooting, mm-hmm. the numbers are fudged. Let me explain. Please <laughs> For the do. listeners. Yes, me too. To to me, a school shooting is guy goes into the school, you shoot, right? Mm-hmm. At 10 p.m. at night, if a drug deal takes place at the monkey bars of a school and it goes bad and someone shoots the other person, is that a shooting from a drug deal gone bad or is that a school shooting? Drug deal gone bad. Right. But when they count statistics because it took place on school property, that is considered a school shooting. <laughs> or did they mess around and count it both ways? It probably is counted both ways. Hmm. But in my opinion, that is not actually a school shooting. <laughs> that is a drug deal gone bad, which in itself is a bad thing. <laughs> you know, I'm not minimizing a drug deal gone bad by any no. stretch of the imagination. No. But it affects the numbers of something that is, in fact, terrible. And it's like we were talking about with a false allegation. It sort of falls under that realm. I think it was last year, last year sometime here locally, we had an unfortunate incident in a local high school where a young man, um, 
I believe he shot uh, another young man and then a young lady that he had gone to school with. I think the young man passed and the young woman was wounded. And technically it didn't count as a mass shooting. They didn't necessarily say it was, a, say it was a school shooting because they found out in very short time that it was a personal conflict. Mm-hmm. So they didn't count that as a school shooting. It was just a tragic act of violence. Right. Yeah. Which I, I and I'm like you, I'm like, how, who's, who's quantifying what we call what? Like, like we were talking about in a previous episode, mass shootings are when four or more people are shot during one incident by one shooter. Right. That seems like, and I hate, I hate with all my soul to say this, that seems like a very low bar at this point in time <laughs> for it to be just four. Because that means that we have had hundreds of, of mass persons. shootings. Right. Yeah, that, that's kind of my alone. point. It's bad enough without adding stuff to the numbers. Yes. You know what I mean? If it's a thousand that were actually a certain type, but you include another 400, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand and fourteen hundred are both really, really freaking awful. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Like it, it's so, it's so fucked that shootings happen so often in this country that we have different categories of shootings. We have mass, right? we have spree, we have yeah. serial. Right. And I have heard, I think it was, um, wait a minute. Did they consider her as him a spree killer or a serial killer? The, the Baltimore shooter. I'm trying to think. Um, is that the guy that was in the trunk sniping people? Yes, I think they consider him a spree. Uh, yeah, and it was the two guys because it was the older guy and his nephew. Was it? Was his no, nephew? they weren't related. They weren't really okay. I was they thinking they related. were related, but Mm-mm. but yeah, but, I think they considered him a spree. But, was it spree or was it seer? That's that's the whole thing. I'm like, what category did that fall under? And why on earth do we live in a country where we have to make that distinction? What in the entire hell? Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And it's horrible enough. You don't need to fudge numbers by adding Mm-mm. stuff to it. It's bad enough. It is. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how you categorize it. It's all it's bad. Horrible. It's all bad. You're just all you know, bad. You know, Ugh. we're we're all getting stuck eating a shit sandwich, and the shit sandwich is never good. <laughs> you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. Hot sauce will not make it better. Right. I don't I don't care what Beyonce told you. She may have hot sauce in her bag, but it does not it does not help here. It does not No, help. it does not. And you know, we we've gotta do something and if you can't you can't give an inch, you're you're probably you bear some of the weight of the responsibility of something that happens if you refuse you do. to give an inch. And and I think it's it's always going to bother me at this particular point that our so-called lawmakers and those who are charged who are who who we discharge with the duty of maintaining our little our little pieces of the country for us wherever we live have decided that there are more important things 
than sitting down and hammering out reasonable gun laws. They decided that there's more important things. They're still celebrating their victory over Roe v. Wade. But then they see something like this that happened, you know, just just past Monday on 4th of July and say, and I'll tell you what, I'm going to find the story. Hang with me because I'm going to find the story that proves this point um, about people not having their priorities in mind as far as these things are concerned. And they, they know that according to them, they most certainly do. But no, not not even a little bit. And it's frightening that these people exist and they're they're fighting for their opportunity to shoot their grandchildren if they need to protect them. You know, while holding office. Yeah. That's the that's the frightening part. You people exist and you think uh, you're the ones talking good sense. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm saying, I don't care if somebody owns a firearm. Now, there have been some people that I have met in my life where I have thought, please, God, do not let that person own weapons. Like anything sharper than a butter knife. I've met people like that. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't, but can you not wait two weeks? I've sold guns in the past, folks. It was, it was a job I had. I have helped people fill out the Brady Bill paperwork. It's how I know that when it's sent in, you can only be approved or denied based on the info they have. I used to own firearms myself. I got rid of them out of laziness because I didn't want to clean them. <laughs> and I wasn't shooting them. So... I did what a person should do in that situation, and I legally got rid of them. I didn't just go and throw them to the, you know, crook down the street. But I do not have any problem if I were to go and say, hey, I want to go and get a new forty-five. if I had to wait two weeks to go and pick up the forty-five, So mm-hmm. I'm on the paperwork, oh, hey, you got to wait two weeks. I would have been like, okay, fine. I'll see you in two weeks. You know, I have to wait when I pick up my glasses. There's all sorts of crap that you have yeah. to wait for. Oh my gosh, waiting to get your your eyeglasses and things like that? That's bananas. bananas. Yeah, I, don't get them. It's not instant gratification when you purchase new glasses. I don't know if you know that, Kenyatta. I mean, I see you're wearing glasses right now, so I'm assuming that you're aware of that. But, <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of things that are like that that you have to wait for. So that you have to wait for that don't kill people. <laughs> so uh, um, here's 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 what I was looking for. Okay. These this was uttered on Monday, not too long after the shooting in Highland Park, Illinois. And um uh, what I mean when I say I'm frightened that these people are seeking um, higher office is that he is now the Republican Party nominee for Illinois governor. Um, currently, though, he is State Senator Darren Bailey. And Monday, while on a Facebook Live prayer group, this chowderhead says once he hears about the shooting and the fact that they've canceled parades in nearby areas because of it, he says, Quote, let's pray for justice to prevail 
And then let's move on and let's celebrate. Celebrate the independence of this nation. Yeah, let's move on. And um, I'm trying to find the other part of the quote because it's even worse where he says something to the effect of because we have to root out the evildoers in government or something to that effect. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah. So the fact that another city in your state that you were running for governor for has been a hit by a tragedy and you have the balls to say, we're going to pray for them. Let's keep it moving with the parades. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Then you want to represent these people? That was really sad. I got cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, and you're, you're live. The- you're live on live video on Facebook. There's no taking it back, dum-dum. It- I thought you were about to point out the guy that is a, I believe he's a state rep running for a senator, you know, for the Fed, who has the commercial where he's talking about how it's hunting season for rhinos and they show people kicking in doors with, you know, body armor on an AR-15 mm-hmm. so they can get rid of the Republicans in name only. Mm, yes, I, I did hear about that. So if you're yes. a Republican, you're mm. cool with that? You're cool with that. That That is somebody that, at what point are you going to get tired of the gaffes that the people in your party keep making and they claim that it's a gaffe? We all know damn good and well it's not. It's not. But when are you going to get tired of it? And when people make these stupid ass statements, you punish them as a party, right? When When are you going to do that? When is the stupid ass shit that Marjorie Taylor Greene says going to be like, you know what? We have to punish her. Or, you know, oh, heaven forbid if Herschel Walker becomes a senator, that man oh likes God. to beat oh. up his wife. I, he's a, he's a wife beater. Right. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't, I don't want to discuss it. It's a separate issue, but I believe he has some, what is it, CTE going on? Uh, well, maybe. But, um, you know, still, I mean, hell, the, the conservative party in England finally got tired of Boris Johnson's crap and told him you're quitting <laughs> because so many people, yeah. you know, he had a consequence for being a buffoon. But you don't see that from, you know, Republicans. In fact, they're celebrated. Can you imagine making the statement that Jesus might have, you know, might not have made it to that cross if he had an AR-15? Lauren Bobart. First of all, first of all, if you're saying that, you don't understand the point of him going on the cross. You must have missed a lot in Sunday school. Clearly. Or maybe you weren't going to Sunday school when you were an escort. Um, Or maybe at this point in his life, he's decided that he sees that whole story differently. So, anyway. Hmm. I... mm. We're we're gonna that that could be a whole another off ramp at this point. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh anyway, I I, I, um, we've reached the end of the show. Yeah, like I said, listening friends, they were things that we didn't want to talk about, but they bared discussion. They needed right. they needed to see the the light of day. They needed to air out because there are ugly ugly things happening here. 
You don't always want to talk about these ugly things, but they need to air out. Yeah, you, you know, you, you can't save the world if you don't talk about the ugliness going on. Which means at some particular point in the future, we're going to have an episode where we talk about nothing but bad comedy movies from the 90s. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're actually, we have a, an idea for a, a show that will be completely different from anything we've ever done. And yes. if we can get it to work out, we think everybody will enjoy it. It'll be yes. a new experience for us. Uh, it'll probably have to be a two-parter. Mm. But if we're able to get everything to work out, we think everyone will enjoy it. <laughs> I think they will. We have... Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Sometime between now and 2030, this will come <laughs> through. So make sure you do not miss an episode between now and then. We're, gonna, we're still going to be going... Keep on, as Eddie Kendrick, the late Eddie Kendrick of the world famous Temptations once said, keep on trucking. <laughs> and with that, I bid you farewell. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world, on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, on Facebook, or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others, if you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash topics. and Jack, Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcasts.